Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. up to 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Here, lots of pages turning. That's great. Sounds good. Good sound. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says this. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, an honorable Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. As we uh, look at this passage this morning, first ask the question, who is Naaman? Well, the Bible tells us that he's a captain. He's the head of the 
Syrian army. He's, the, he's in charge. This is a man just from verse 1. As you, as you read it, he exudes power and success. He's a great man, the Bible says. He's a great man. However, it was measured in those days. Um, and, and this time, the, the greatness of a man, that's what he was. He was, he was in with the king. The Bible says that he was a great man with his master, the king. He was with all the best of the kingdom of Syria. The Bible says that he was honorable. He was honorable. That means, you know, everywhere he went, he showed up somewhere, they would have to mention it, right? They would say, we're so happy we, to recognize the honorable Naaman, Right? He was, uh, everywhere he went, everyone would recognize him. He was great. He was, um, he was a hero, a victor in Syria, the Syrian army. It wasn't just some sort of, you know, plastic praise that they put upon him, but this was a mighty man of valor. He had uh, shown his qualities of courage, of bravery, a strength of mind in the face of danger. Um, he was a, a, a mighty man of valor. He earned it. He earned it through accomplishment, through the things that he had done. And I would say this, that everyone at those, in that time, in those, that day, everyone, everyone respected Naaman. Everyone that is, except for the Jews. Except for the people of Israel. You say, why is that? Well, it was by Naaman and through Naaman as the captain of the Syrian army who had beaten them, who had enslaved them, who had made them captives and tributaries. Um, it was because of this man. Other than that, you would think, wow, his bio is pretty impressive. But at the end of that verse, it says something. It says, but he was a leper. And that changed everything. All the wonderful things that said about him before, all the honorable, valiant, powerful things that he had proven, this changed everything. His power, his prestige, this changed where he could go. No longer could he go to all these different places and be honored by so many people with this disease being so contagious. He would become somewhat of an outcast not being able to be around his friends and family anymore. Um, this made him separate from all the things that he was used to, all the things that he was able to do at one time. You know, leprosy slowly decayed his body, slowly would take, it up, uh, take his body down to nothing. This is how uh, a leprosy would affect, uh, eventually affect individuals. It would begin to decay parts of the body and cause it to die, die off and eventually fall off. Things like your nose and your face and your ears and your extremities, your fingers and toes and all these different things. It would begin to infect and slowly destroy all that was good in their life. Leprosy throughout the Bible is a picture of sin. It's a picture of sin and how it comes and it infects us, how it affects us. 
Many times in, in, in those days, those with leprosy, they would cover it up, right? They would wear coverings, whether masks so that you couldn't see the infection, uh, gloves, uh, heavy, thick uh, coverings of clothing so to cover up all the disease. The Bible talks about that sin problem that we have, sin, that he says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a problem, I would say, that we all face, each and every person, the world around. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, in verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so this is a problem. I would say it's a big problem. It's a big problem. And when we take off the mask, we can see the sin uh, and how it has affected each and every one of our lives in some way. And, you know, as, as, as great as this first verse sounds beginning to to build up this man, Naaman, yet at the end, it shows that he's human. And he's, he's infected, affected. And his life was going to change. It was going to end. But the story doesn't stop there. It goes on in verse 2 of 2 Kings. It says, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Assyria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. As you start to look at this story, you have the, the powerful Naaman and you have the, the little maid, right? And I start to think about the little maid for a second. And you can just imagine in your mind her story, her story. You know, she had been taken captive out of her land, caused to serve Naaman. I can only imagine her family was either killed or taken captive during the war. Her home, her country was destroyed as the Syrians claimed victory over them. And I, I promise you here, probably this morning, no one would blame the little maid for, you know, if not verbally, uh, in her heart and mind saying, ha ha, he gets what he deserves. That man gets what he deserves. But that's not what she did, is it? For some crazy reason, for some strange reason, the little maid had pity on him. She had pity on him. And she became what I think is one of those great, great examples for us of a humble witness, a humble witness. Instead of looking at him as an enemy, she looked at him, this great, powerful captain of the Syrian army. She looked on him with compassion 
And I can't, I can't, I can't even uh, believe how strong her faith was. She didn't say maybe he could be healed. She didn't say there's a good chance, like 50-50. She didn't say any, anything like that. She said, she said he would, he would be recovered of his leprosy. I believe that that is what this world needs today. I really do. I think that's what this world needs. And that's what our local church should try to do. And the church, the world around. If we had a, a churches full of like this little maid. Where we, don't, we, we can have compassion and pity on those that are lost, affected and infected with the disease called sin that is destroying their lives and their families and their relationships and the things around. And if we could just say with all the confidence in the world, the gospel, the gospel is the answer. The gospel is the way that we know that if you were to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his shed blood for your sins, that we could say this with all the confidence in the world. He will forgive you. He will forgive you. He will, you know, you can be justified just as if you'd never sinned. And we could say that with absolute confidence. No matter the case, you say, well, this is a pretty serious case. You know, Naaman's pretty far along. He's lost, uh, he's lost some pieces and parts of his body. He's not looking good anymore. Right. You know, maybe maybe he could have healed him at the beginning, maybe at the beginning stages of this leprosy. But Naaman's pretty far along now. I don't know that there's much hope for him. Uh, No, this maid, this little maid said, I know, I know that he could be recovered. And again, if we could just be that humble and really that simple, I don't think evangelism has to be complicated. I don't think we have to complicate it at all. I think we can. Acknowledge that there's an issue, that there's sin that's affected all of us. And the solution is quite simple. The solution is Jesus Christ. The solution is that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. To know, to be able to know that you have eternal life. To go from that sentence of death and for... For Naaman, in that day, at that time, leprosy was a death sentence. It was a death sentence. There was was no hope at that time, in that place. And to be able to tell someone that they can go from that death sentence to a life sentence, (laughs) to a sentence of life, a hope of resurrection, of eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. They get a little bit of hope. And I think that that's what the world's looking for. Now, not everybody's gonna, uh, not everybody wants to hear it. But I, but I think the world is looking for a little bit of hope. Hey, there's a solution. There's a way out. Yeah, it's bad. But there's some good news. It's called the gospel. There's good news called the gospel. And so, amazingly, this little maid just says something simple. And word gets all the way to Naaman. And from Naaman gets all the way to the king of Syria. And the king says, man, I need this guy around. He's, he's the victor, you know. He's the great leader of my army. I need him around. So he says, if there's any chance in Israel for healing, then I know how to deal with this, right? That's what he says. I know how to deal with this. If there's any chance of healing in Israel. See, the king of Israel was his subject. 
And he says, so I can handle this. I'll send and I'll use my power. I'll say, heal this man, right? And just to make sure it's done, I'll send some money. I'll send plenty of money, gold, silver, nice Syrian garments. They'll be happy with that. They say, and, and I think that that's how the world today wants to deal with sin. You know, it's either, you know, power or pay for it, you know, or I'll add another one, politics. He says, uh, you know what? The king to one king to another, heal my servant with leprosy, right? One king to another. I want to want them to heal, heal him with leprosy. And look at what the king says when this comes to him. You're in verse uh, um, six. Look at verse six. And he brought the letter in the king of Israel saying, now when the letter has come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Could you imagine being the king of Israel getting this letter from the guy that you're subject to? He's like, hey, I sent you my, uh, my general. Heal him of his leprosy, would you? And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Therefore, consider, I pray you, and, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. You know what the king's saying? He's just doing this to pick a fight. He's just, he's just harassing me. You, he, everybody knows that I can't heal leprosy. He's sending me his general to heal him of his leprosy. Uh, let me just tell you, politics is not the answer. I mean, politics cannot take care of the sin disease. It cannot. You know, Ronald Reagan said this. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Right? I'm here to help. The, king, the king's like, hey, I, I'm, I, yeah, I got all the political power here, but that, that, I can't do nothing. Nothing with the sin disease. I can't do nothing with this. What am I going to do? Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, hears of this embarrassment of the king of Israel who should have known that there was a God in Israel. And Elisha calls for Naaman, you'll see in verse 8, 2 Kings 5 and verse 8, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes and that he had sent to the king saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now. To me, and I shall, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. Try to picture this again. He's got an entourage. He's he's the he's the general. He's the captain of the hosts of Syria. He's got an entourage with him. He pulls up in front of the prophet's house in his chariot and all these things. And Elisha sent. A messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. What I find is interesting is Elisha here, the prophet, the man of God. You know what he is? He's not, he's not impressed with this, the greatness of this man. He's not impressed with, first off, what he could do for him, and he's also not impressed what he could do to him, you know, he, he doesn't even, Elisha doesn't even come out for an autograph. 
He, he doesn't come out. He doesn't even come out of his house. He tells his servant, hey, second most powerful man in the world's here in my front door needing help. You go tell him to wash seven times in the Jordan. You go tell him to wash seven times in the Jordan. To be clean. The Bible tells us in Titus verses, chapter 3, verses 5 to 7, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Isn't that good news? Could you imagine if that verse was different than that? That it was by our good works that we had to be saved? He said, no, it's not by our good works. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing, the regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Justified by his grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know what he told you know what he told him? He told him simply, This is the way to be clean. This is the way to be washed. This is the way that you know that you're 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 reconciled to God, that your relationship has been restored to God. This is the way that you know. And you would have thought, could you imagine, could you, I mean, I'm trying to put us in this picture for just a second. Could you imagine the death sentence of leprosy? Could you imagine that? I mean, he was, he was willing to take all this money and all this stuff. He was willing to travel all this way. Think of this. And if the servant would have come out and said, dip seven times in the Jordan. Could you imagine, wouldn't you think rationally you'd say, that's great. Well, that's wonderful. That's it. That's all I got to do. That's good news. And that's what we're telling. That's what the gospel is. Believe in Jesus Christ. He paid it all. He paid it all. You don't have to work for it. You don't have, you believe and trust. It's by grace through faith. And you would have thought that Naaman would say, well, that's easy. Of course I'll do that. Of course I will. But that's not what he says. Look at verse 11. Second Kings 5, 11, it says, And Naaman was what? He was what? He was wroth. And went away and said, Behold, I thought. There's the problem, isn't it? Behold, I, I thought. He, sh- he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farquhar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Can you picture this? The guy comes out and says, dip seven times. I mean, he's gone to all this trouble. That's my thought process. <laughs> he traveled all this way. You brought all this money. It's easy. Just do what he says, right? But Naaman obviously had something else in mind. He said, I thought, I thought that I would be healed some different way. And I think that's interesting today. I do believe that this is a big thing that stops so many folks from coming and trusting Jesus Christ. From coming and experiencing the best thing that could ever happen to them. They have a death sentence and they're said, 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And people said, ah, nah, 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 can't be that easy. I got to pay something. I got to do something. No, I think it's going to be this way. I thought it should be that way. Listen, I was raised a certain way and our customs were this and that. It cannot be that easy, right? I won't do it. I won't try it. That's not how it is. I mean, he, he, in his mind, he in his mind must have thought that this was going to be some magnificent healing service. Isn't that how you read it? He said, I thought surely, you know, the prophet was going to come out and call upon the name of the Lord and strike his hand over the place. I thought that this was going to be some big show. He said, I thought there would be all kinds of excitement and, you know, maybe even lightning and thunder. I don't know, but I thought this was going to be a big, a big to do. And now he doesn't even come out. He doesn't even come and, and greet me. And he just tells me to go down to the muddy, muddy Jordan. I mean, I come from Damascus where the good rivers are, right? Why would I have to do this? Why would I have to, why would I have to go this way? I have to pay something. He didn't even ask anything about my accomplishments. He didn't ask anything about my connections. He didn't ask anything about my education or all these different things or how... He didn't ask any of that. He just told me this. And I thought for sure it was going to be much more exciting than dipping seven times in the river. I think of the, the Philippian jailer who goes and asks the simple question to Paul and Silas. I love the, I love the simple question and I love the simple answer. What must I do to be saved? What did... What did Paul say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know what a lot of people in the world today say to that? That's too easy. It can't be just that. I've got to do something more. I think someone should do this. And I think it should be that way. And I think that we should get really, really, really complicated with some sort of man-made religion. I want to do something else. I want it a different way. But I believe we first must recognize that we're lost. I mean, for, for a second there, for a second there, I, Naaman must have forgot that he was actually the leper. I mean, when he acts like when he's in a rage and when he's angry, there must have been a, a, a time there that he forgot his condition. Like I'm in no condition here to be making the rules. I'm in no condition here to be telling the prophet how I want to be healed. I just want to be healed. Right. I just want to be healed. I want to I want this to be taken care of. In verse 13, the Bible says this. And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? Isn't that interesting? He knew. He knew. He said, look, if he'd have charged you an exorbitant rate. If he'd have told you, you got to do all this and do that first. And you got to, you know, by the way, I met with all that are going to be baptized and told them baptism, baptism doesn't save. It's a picture of what happened at salvation, right? But he's saying, hey, if you, if you would have told him to do all these different works and check all these different boxes, give him a whole list of things to do, and then you'll be clean, then you'll be saved, you would have done it. But he gives you this little simple task. And you won't believe. The servant said, if he'd have told you some great thing, you would have done it. How much rather than, when he says to thee, wash and be clean. How much rather? 
If he says, wash and be clean. You know, I got to thinking about the grace of God on Naaman. And if you'd be honest this morning, and all for those that are to be baptized too, if you would think back in your life, it was God that saved you, yes. But he put some special people in your lives. I was thinking about Naaman, that he had a couple good people around him. A couple good people that surrounded him, that pointed him to the truth, that pointed him to what was right. He had the little maid, the little maid that spoke with such confidence and faith that said, you can, you can be clean. You don't have to stay like this. You can be healed. I know that you can be healed. And he had another servant that was beside him that said, Naaman, why don't you humble yourself? Why don't you humble yourself? That's, you know, and sometimes we get to that spot of salvation where we know what we need to do. We know that we need to take that step of faith. We know that this is it, but there's something holding us back. I would say, praise God for that person that would speak into your life and say this. Just humble yourself and and believe. Humble yourself and trust Christ as your Savior. In verse 14, he took the advice of his, of his servant. In verse 14, the Bible says, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again unto, unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. He went down. He went down. And I've thought about this and talked about this many times. You know, he was all covered up, I'm sure, covering up his leprosy. But still, he had all the royal garments on. Everybody knew who he was. You know how he took off his rank? He took off his, all the clothing that showed who he was, all his accomplishments. You know, if he was in this position, if he was at the head of the Syrian army, he was used to going up his whole life. Ever since he was a kid, he, he just didn't one day become a mighty, valiant man. He was, he was rising through the ranks since he was in high school, <laughs> since he was in middle school. He, he, his whole life had been going up, 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 up. And then one day, he had to go down. One day, he had to humble himself. He had to do something that he didn't want to do in front of his men. In front of the people that was in front of him. He had to go down. He had to take the clothes off. He had to go down into the water. And he had to dip himself. And he just went from a rage. And can you imagine each time as he goes under. One, two, three. All the way as he dips himself all these times. It's humiliating to him. He had to humble himself. But we know that this is the way to God. We know it. God told us this is the way. He says that he giveth grace unto the humble. That this is the way that we come to God. We come humbly. We cannot come to God in our pride. But we must come to God humbly. Humbly. The Bible says that he went down. And he dipped himself just as he was told. And he was made whole. He was made whole. He was made clean. The pieces and parts that had died were restored. Can I say this? Naaman was better off after than if he would have never gotten leprosy in the first place. He was better off. It wasn't as just the, the, what, what had died and what had decayed was restored and he was made clean. It wasn't that. He was better off that moment after he obeyed 
the word of the prophet. After he obeyed, he was better off. They said his skin was as they called him baby face after that. Right? He had the skin of a little child. He was made clean. He was saved. He was justified. He was forgiven. Can you, can you remember back when the Lord saved you? And you felt a burden lifted? You felt joy in your heart. And you're like, where did that come from? You felt peace. You felt a peace that passed understanding. It's like the, the weight of guilt and sin just rolled away. Can you remember that? That's how Naaman felt. When he came up out of the water, that's how he felt. I'm new. I'm a new man. Look at me. I don't look like I used to look. I'm a new person. That's again what baptism is about. Is We're showing that, hey, we're dead to sin, but alive unto God. Newness of life. We believe that a person is born again. With new life in Christ. You can know. You can know. That's what Naaman says in verse 15. He says, And he returned to the man of God and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know. Now I know. You know, that's how faith is. That's how faith is. That's how faith is. So many people say, I want to see it to believe it. Right? But you know what? You have, to, you have to believe it to see it. He had to go down in the water. He had to humble himself to then know. To then know. He didn't know until after. He had to take that step of faith. He had to take that plunge, if you will. He says, and now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. You know what I believe? That you can know that you have salvation. That, that, that what the Lord has called us to preach is not, look, if you do enough good works, there's a good chance that you can get to heaven, that you can have a relationship with Christ. Like, there's a, you know, probably, hopefully. No. The message that we have, like the little maid, is we know that you can have eternal life. We know that He will forgive your sins. We know it. We don't have to hope. We know. He says in 1 John 5, 13, These things, John says, Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. Do you know that you have eternal life this morning? Do you know? He says that you may, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You must know. This is the most important decision that an individual can make. You must know. You must know that you're saved, that you have eternal life. You say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be cleansed? Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sins. Ask for forgiveness. You know, again, admitting I'm a leper, admitting I have a sin condition, He says in the Bible, he said that uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. If we ask for this forgiveness, he will. He will heal us. Would you this morning confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. The Bible says thou shalt be saved.
Maybe you see yourself like Naaman, where you recognize, hey, sin has affected my life. It's infected my life. And I need this salvation. I need this healing, this cleansing. I think of the story when Philip, the one, the evangelist who, who, who preached the gospel uh, to the lost, was talking to the Ethiopian eunuch about Jesus and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And the eunuch said, what doth hinder me from being baptized? And he said, if thou believest with all thine heart. And I think that's a good question today. What's stopping us? What's hindering us? Not necessarily what's hindering you from being baptized, but what's hindering you from believing on Jesus Christ? For Naaman, it was pride. For Naaman, he thought, it can't be that easy. There's got to be more to it. It's got to be kind of a bigger ordeal. It can't be just me simply with with my mouth and with my heart believing unto righteousness. But can I tell you, it is. It is that simple. The hard part is humbling ourselves for this. The hard part is one admitting, not forgetting, like maybe Naaman did for a second, that he was a leper. Not forgetting for a moment, hey, I'm the one in need here. I'm the one that's the sinner. And Christ is the Savior. That He died for our sins. That He rose again so that you and I can know that we have eternal life. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads in prayer. Maybe there's someone this morning that said, I would like to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I need this. And right now, there's a struggle going on inside of me. There's the, the, maybe the pride or the questions or the doubts. Can I encourage you now, as the Holy Spirit prompts you to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, humble yourself. I'll be like that servant that said, if, if there would have been some hard thing to do, you'd do it. Would you do this? Believing in Jesus Christ. Maybe you'd pray this prayer with me. God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. That he was on the cross to pay for my sins. Lord, when he died, he died for me. But because he is who he says he is, that Jesus Christ is God, he was able to defeat death. And he rose from the dead. And because of His resurrection, I believe that You will give me eternal life through Jesus Christ. God, forgive me of my sins. Be merciful to me, a sinner, as I put my faith and trust in You. Contact us page on our website or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio 
450-245-0068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.